0: this is lisa and you're listening to i love that movie and if you like what you hear today please subscribe and rate the show it helps new listeners find us um and we really appreciate it uh, i also have a twitter it is just I-L-T-M Podcast, and i also have an instagram which is i love that movie um And you can catch up with us in our Facebook group. It's just a safe space for movie lovers to discuss their favorite films, judgment-free. My only rule is keep it positive in there. Um, And yeah, that's pretty much all I have. I have no new announcements this week. Uh, I did create a teespring in case you guys want a t-shirt with the I Love That Movie podcast logo, and I'll link a description to that in the show notes. But other than that, I have a returning guest with me here today. I have Stu. Say hi, Stu. Hello there. Hello. So you were on our Highlander episode, which was very, uh, you know, uh, it was very apt since you are talking to us from Scotland.
1: Yes, I, as you like to keep saying, I'm the first international guest you've had on. The show.
0: <laughs> I know I'm always bragging on you. I'm like, we have Stu, our international guest.
1: <laughs> I feel so cosmopolitan
0: yeah <laughs> um so Stu, what what movie are we just dis- well actually before we talk about the movie i'm getting ahead of myself in case they have not heard that highlander episode and they should go back and listen to it but in case they haven't heard it yet uh would you mind introducing yourself just a bit
1: yes my name's Stuart. uh as, as noted i'm from scotland uh specifically glasgow uh you know i'm just a big movie fan uh and uh i think i probably uh learned of you somehow through the this, suicide this Squadcast networks mm-hmm. maybe maybe retweeting you or something um uh but mm-hmm. yeah uh and yeah i've been on the show before and uh yeah <laughs> i, I it, was, it was quite it was quite funny is that like um the week after that there was uh the, rev- the review of um uh, the Shawshank Redemption, which would have been my next movie. <laughs> oh, I'd my <laughs> gosh.
0: <laughs> Great minds think alike, you know. Yeah. Uh, there's so many popular films that we cover on here. And, you know, on that note, I'm I'm surprised we have not covered this film yet. Like, I'm shocked. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and tell everybody, what, what movie are we talking about today? Uh, and that movie is The Matrix. <laughs> yes, 1999. Yeah, and uh, so... I guess my question for you is, uh, when did you first uh, see this movie? How, how did you first watch it?
1: Uh, I saw it in theaters uh, this very
0: month, 20 years ago. Wow. Uh, we're all old. We're yeah. Old. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, I actually saw it in theaters, too. Yeah. Um, but but actually, when it came out, at least over here, it was around uh, the Columbine shooting. And so you know, there was a lot of uh, negative talk about the film and, you know, wanting to get it pulled from theaters and everything. And, um, so, you know, when it came out, I was kind of resistant to seeing it. It was actually my friend Kara, who's been on the show several times that like begged me to go see it. She was like, you got to see the matrix. And I'm like, I don't know. I'm seeing all these news reports. And she was like, ignore those, just go see it. You know, you got to see it so i saw it so I, I believe i saw it in theaters and if not it was like right after it hit home release but um i was talked into it for sure
1: i, I got to actually go see it because uh for free because <laughs> uh my dad worked at the theater at the time in question and he was oh in, cool he was in with it. and like that that was that was, a, that was a good hookup for me for like a lot to see a lot of films uh, and also getting mm-hmm. getting some like merchandise as well so i did, I did that's get, awesome i get a big uh matrix poster uh and, like, other movies and stuff, like, over the years, I got several little things like T-shirts and stuff, so that was Very a nice cool. little bonus.
0: Yeah. Um, so this movie came out in 1999, as we mentioned, and I think before we go forward, I'm going to give just a quick synopsis. It's literally a sentence. But if you haven't seen this film yet, and I don't know if you live under a rock or what the reason is you haven't seen it yet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, basically the basic premise is a computer hacker learns from mysterious rebels about the nature of his reality and his role in the war against the controllers. Ooh, spooky. So, um, yeah, uh, I, what, what, what was your, uh, let's go with like first reactions. Like, uh, you know, did you know a lot about the film going in? Did you, um... You know, did you research it or anything like that, or just kind of walked in cold, not knowing what to expect?
1: Um, I I can't really remember too much, but uh, I doubt that would have I would have like like been able to research it. I think I probably like maybe seen the TV adverts or um, maybe some entertainment show covered it in some capacity. Because remember, this was like nineteen ninety nine, and really, yeah, <laughs>
0: and
1: It wasn't in full swing yet, and I and I didn't actually have like regular access to it, so yeah, it, it yeah. would just been uh, I guess from from TV commercials and, and just uh yeah it's funny to think about that how i can't really remember how i first got exposed to it but uh yeah
0: well yeah and i think you know the wachowskis there they weren't super established yet i mean this is the movie that put them on the map they had done assassins uh or assassin but that was it so i don't think there was Wait. a lot of buzz about the film right
1: what the sylvester stallone uh antonio Banderas movie
0: I haven't seen it. Let's look it up.
1: Because <laughs> no, I, I thought they were known for uh, mostly for doing uh, Bound.
0: Let's see. I When I was watching a lot of the behind the scenes, they talked about a film. Uh, yeah, Assassins 1994. Oh, wait. So that, yeah, that would have been before this. Let's see. Richard Donner screenplay was. Oh, they wrote the screenplay, but it right. was directed by Richard Donner. Yep, it's that same one. Sylvester Stallone and Antonio Banderas. Yeah. So they wrote that. um, And so we didn't know about them yet. You know, this is their first time behind the camera, at least for a big production film. And so, yeah, I guess there wouldn't be a lot of buzz about it. Um, uh, People behind the scenes knew that they had something special, but we didn't know yet. So, so yeah, I mean, I saw the trailers and, you know, you got an idea of what the film might be about, but it didn't really scratch the surface until you actually saw it, I think.
1: Yeah, cause the yeah. yeah, I I do I I mean I do vaguely remember seeing like these TV commercials where, you know the uh the 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 infamous bullet time combo, yeah, yeah yeah that <laughs> was very, that was very heavy in the market they, yeah you because really, that was a, a very brand new thing, I mean yeah. well rel- relatively speaking because I think technically you could say that um the Omen had bullet time before it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, there there was a lot of improving on techniques and and things that that fit the genre. You know, there there, there were ideas that Wachowskis had that they wanted to accomplish. And so, you know, some of the technology was already there, but it wasn't being used quite the same way. (laughs) Um, So I have a couple of quick facts that I'm going to throw out there. And if you want to jump in, you can, uh, or if you have some facts of your own at the end, you can throw those in too. Uh, the first one I have is legendary Hong Kong stunt coordinator Wu Ping, uh, initially refused to work on the film. Even after receiving the script, which he liked, he hoped that by asking for a really high price that that would turn the Wachowskis off. It didn't. He then formulated uh, what he considered impossible. He, he thought that, um, you know, they would only he'd only agree if he had complete control over the fights, and that he trained the actors for four months before they shot. So he thought, you know, that's definitely gonna stop them from masking. And it didn't. The Wachowskis complied with that request.
1: I thank God they did.
0: Yes, because I think you know, there's so many. There were so many action movies around this time in the '90s, and there's even some movies that are similar in some ways to this that haven't had the staying power that this did. And I think, you know, even though it's the Matrix and even though there's CG in the movie, the fact that they rely so much on actual choreography is, I think, what makes this stand out. You know, yeah, they kept I mean, with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think. I think also the reason it kind of like is it's so beloved to me is that like. Um, this was like one of the last few, like sort of movies that was that committed to doing the um, the fight choreography and action stuff, mm-hmm. like so, um, so um, uh, what's the word? Thoroughly, F- and we so, yeah, with, with yeah. Such, such commitment, and it feels that we we kind of uh, there was there was a few other movies that, uh, ironically, a lot of those movies were basically copying The Matrix. They, they kind of yeah. did it, but then we else, but then we kind of entered into like sort of dark ages of the. 2000s with the shaky cam, which was, yes. which was basically used as a shortcut to not have to really have to do that so much. Um, so mm-hmm. I really appreciated that uh, back then back the matrix was um, doing very clear, elaborate uh, action sequences uh, and like getting the actors to do as much of it as they could possibly do.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I think that, uh, that a lot of times Hollywood is quick to take that shortcut because I mean, you know, training actors for four months is a long time, <laughs> and and I think that is what makes us feel like when we watch The Matrix, we're not just having to suspend so much belief that uh, that these actors can actually do it, you know. And it seems like they can do it because they are doing it because they were trained to do it. And I think that in a lot of movies, they they want to skip that part. You know, they either don't hire actors that have combat experience or you know, whatever reason they don't have the budget for a high-level stunt coordinator, I don't know, but they just, they kind of skip that. They almost think that we won't notice if they skip it, and it's very noticeable, and it's, I think, part of what makes different action movies stand the test of time if they did uh, stay committed, like you said, to to investing in that. So, and, and the fact that the Wachowskis were huge fans of, uh, you know, Hong Kong cinema. And they were already big fans of Wu Ping. And they saw the potential there to cross that over into an American audience. But they wanted to do it right. I mean, they wanted to use him and they wanted to do it his way. Not the typical Hollywood of like, you know, kind of use them, but take over. And so it's cool that he stuck to his brand and was like, unless I have complete control over how these stunts turn out i I don't want to put my name on them you know and so i think uh that's a big testament to the film and why it's done so well um also thomas anderson aka neo wakes up several times during the course of the film the wachowskis have said the popular japanese manga and film of the same name ghost in the shell were big influences in the development of the film
1: yeah i remember sorry yeah i remember seeing on like a tv show there was uh doing like a, a countdown of like influential of like best movies and stuff and the matrix is one of the entries and there was some information about it and apparently they did as part of their pitch they did just show a scene from uh the ghost in the shell uh anime and said we want to do that but in live action
0: yeah which is mind-blowing because <laughs> i mean it looks so amazing <laughs>
1: I think, yeah, specifically it was uh, like a, like the early, early chase scene in the movie.
0: Uh, yes, that's like yeah. the best scene and you can see the influence a lot. Yeah. Yeah, uh, there's, there's uh, the scene that you're referring to is the one uh, in the very beginning, like you said, where he's chasing um, – one of the main characters is chasing a guy that doesn't yet realize that he's not a real person essentially – Um, that all his memories are fake. And there's a part where they're running through the marketplace and it's probably some of the most impressive, like, uh, I guess, fighting in the film and some of the most impressive shots of the film. It's just like a great opener. Um, You could watch just that and (laughs) enjoy it. But yeah, I mean, you know, especially now that I'm older and I've seen it several times and uh, I had I don't think I'd seen Ghost in the Shell before I saw this movie you know you can see the influence is pretty heavy uh, in how the, lo- the film looks and even I was thinking this time how Carrie Ann Moss's character Trinity the way that she speaks and acts like throughout the film uh, my husband and I were noticing when we watched this that she doesn't emote a lot when she's in the Matrix I guess it's because she knows that what's happening isn't real. And so she's kind of stone faced and very like serious, even when something crazy is happening. And I feel like a lot of that is influenced from the main character and ghost in the shell, which in, in that movie, she's acting like that because she's, uh, you know, in an Android body, but you know, it's a little bit different, but it's like the same sort of, I, I almost feel like they were like, you need to play this character this way because that looks so cool in this other movie. And you can definitely see the influences there. Um, yeah, um, so the last one I had was the Wachowskis harbored their vision for five and a half years, working through 14 different drafts of the screenplay. Although most studio executives who read the script loved their ideas, they had difficulty imagining how this would translate onto the screen. Uh, the Wachowskis then hired leading illustrators Steve Scors and Jeffrey Darrow, who created 600 storyboards. Executives were reportedly sold after seeing the bold vision on display, and then they greenlit the film. So I think that I think yeah, I think
1: I remember hearing something about that like and I think that was why for some reason uh, for a while I thought the Matrix was based on some obscure comic book uh, that I could never find, <laughs> but uh...
0: yeah well I think too like in the uh, behind the scenes they talked about someone asking them to write a comic book or something like that um, so I think like. In a way, I mean, this whole movie does lend itself. It is almost like yeah. a superhero uh, or comic book type story and for sure. They've definitely so shown the like totally potential for
1: like tran- like a transmedia franchise thing of it because they did um, uh, they've done video games and they they did like the animatrix, for instance. So why not a comic as well? Um,
0: mm-hmm. Right, yeah, it lends itself uh, the maybe, way the storytelling the is to a comic. Maybe the could sure. have
1: a, t- a live action TV show. Hint, hint.
0: Yeah, that would be uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, did you uh, have any yeah, other quick um, facts you wanted Anne to throw into? Uh,
1: during the lobby fight scene, actually, injured her ankle, um, and she. Oh yes, was I read actually, that, yeah. s- For some reason, very afraid that she would have to be like replaced. That she kept she kept it secret for the rest of the day filming. Um, and uh, there's actually footage of like the moment it happens, or uh, and like a behind the scenes where she's doing the uh, cartwheel oh off gosh. the wall, uh, and you can actually and she actually she actually screams out <laughs> as it uh. happens, uh, and uh, but she, she says no, I'm fine. <laughs> and, oh, uh, no! She did uh, walk through it for uh, the rest of the day, and then apparently told them uh, and you know it was all fine, so good. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, she was pretty much an unknown at this yeah. point. I think this was, like, her first big movie. Um, originally, it was supposed to be, uh, what's her name? Sandra Bullock? Speed. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. They they wanted her, and she was, like, she turned it well, down. Wait, which, wait. No offense, but thank God. <laughs> I mean, I, I like Sandra Bullock, but well, I can't imagine her as, as Trinity. I don't want to. Yeah, I, so, I like the way like, Trinity is in the film. Was she going to be,
1: like, cast opposite... Keanu Reeves, or was that uh, when someone else was 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 in the running for it? Because uh, that, that's the whole other section as well, talking about the possible castings.
0: Uh... Yeah, yeah. Well, no, don't well, no, tell me um, about this. Most famously, the other uh, you're Will about. Smith
1: uh, turned down the role of Neo. Um. um and oh. uh, there's like, like, what Will Smith has his own uh, YouTube. Um, uh, channel and there's a there's there's a, there's a short video explaining why, uh, which is very funny because it also includes like a little brief bit about why he did um uh, why why he why he originally turned down Men in Black because he didn't want to be the uh, alien movie guy, uh, but Steven's but Steven Spielberg just said, um, do me a <laughs> favor, uh, use don't use your brain for this, use my brain, <laughs> so. And uh, apparently, uh, like the way oh he tells it is that when he sat down to talk with the, the, the Wachowskis, uh, their pitch was a very um, weird, rambling, incoherent description of the bullet time sequence of imagine you, like, jump, right? And then you stop in the air and you do a kick and then, like, the camera moves around you and it shows you doing the kick and... and Apparently, yeah, he just he just they they weren't apparently he'd yeah. just being better communicating, like overall movie not just focused on on this hard to explain you um, cinematography technique. Then he might have accepted that. Um, but like he he Wilkesmith also says that uh, he says that um, he's he's happy how it turned out for the matrix because he thinks he could have he would have ruined it because like if, if he because what because what he got was like Keanu and Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> but uh but when he was uh when he was getting right. offered they were apparently thinking that morpheus was going to be played by val kilmer yeah,
0: yeah. or i also saw gary oldman too but yeah i'm so glad yeah. i just man uh, yeah. it's like the casting just worked out with and this film there's huh?
1: one other actor just... who said who says that he, yeah. he turned down the role he was offered for the movie uh uh sean connery yeah, Sean, Sean Connery has said in interviews that he never really said what, but various sources have said that he was actually offered Morpheus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could but see the, that, but,
0: but it would be kind of silly. <laughs> yeah, but, I but feel the, like there by was this other, point, there's there reports oh, ahead, that he was,
1: it was actually offered the role of the Keymaker in uh, the Matrix Reloaded, uh, the second movie, uh, which was also, which those oh. what. Um, but yeah, I could see that been <laughs> yeah. something. I mean, he, yeah, I mean, it would have been different, that's I, for sure. It would, it would be understanding <laughs> I like, think him it makes, not having it to do with so much of these stunts.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, the the biggest problem with making yeah. him Morpheus would be the stunts, I think. <laughs> no, I think you know the way that all the casting worked out in the film, uh especially with uh, some of the casting being a little more diverse, kind of I feel like that's a hallmark of sci fi, also, in a weird way. Like, it's like, okay, we're more advanced now and it's more even. And so, like, there's a main female character and there's, you know, characters that are people of color. Like, I feel like that has become a sci fi thing. So, it's weird to imagine the cast not having that. I think, I don't know, there's a lot of ingredients in this film that make it believable and make it work. And I think that that's probably one of them. Plus, I mean, Lawrence Fishburne just is great as Morpheus. It's like, I can't even, like, like, when I think of him as an actor, I think of this movie. It, it kind of defined him going forward. Um, and same with Keanu. So, uh, yeah. Uh, did you have any other uh, no, no, not quick things you talks. wanted to throw in? Okay. Yes. Well, let's talk about the Wachowskis then. Uh, so, you know, at the time when this came out, we mentioned already they were writers. And so we hadn't seen their work a whole lot yet, or we didn't, we weren't aware of it um afterward are are there any other wachowski films that you're I quite, I like quite a big like fan Clive of Battlers, or that you've seen
1: as a bit of a long watch <laughs> uh
0: mm-hmm i don't think i, I think i've seen it I, I can't remember if i've seen that or not um, i might be confusing it with yeah th- that's
1: the one with all the, <laughs> the multiple like the sort of um uh uh what's the word um Russian doll narrative where someone's reading like one one story is like a is a diary read by another character and it's and another story and it's like it's like it's like oh, okay. it's with Tom I Hanks don't think I've and seen Halle it, Berry then. and uh, Jim Broadbent and like they they all they all play multiple roles in all these different lives and different characters and like it's all sort of connected it's 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 good but it's it's, it's okay. a bit of a long and it's like what what's interesting about it is it's like all the all the stories like very different like sort of genres so like what like a couple more period pieces uh so, some one of them's like a nineteen, like a 1970s detective uh story uh with Halle Berry is like is investigating corruption and then there's like uh there's like a sort of a like a weird British comedy and there's like a dystopian sci-fi uh story set in Korea and uh and there's like a far future uh story which is like kind of the, the the main um was uh, what the, um, uh, the main? Uh, the, the, the when like the, the story then competes the story that's being told. You know what I mean? The yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It kind of reminds me. It sounds a little bit like uh, the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus a little bit, which I don't think it was originally intended ah, right, to have yes. several different people play one character, but they had to because uh, because you know uh what's his Heath name ledger, yeah. passed away um oh. i Heath ledger yeah i was trying to think of his name for some reason um yeah i think that uh i i don't think i've seen a lot of their other movies i know i've seen uh speed racer um but i don't think i didn't see jupiter ascending yeah, they, they, they uh, i liked were, V for vendetta were
1: producers on that um though i've kind of heard that they may be they yeah. might have ghost direct directed it but i don't i don't really know how, how valid that is uh
0: yeah. Me neither. It, it seems well, people, to have well, yeah. their stamp on it, but you're right. They didn't direct it. They just produced yeah. it. But, but when yeah, I think I, I, about it, I think about
1: them. I just need to find the copy of it.
0: <laughs> yeah. My, my husband loves it because he loves Speed Racer. So we saw that in theaters. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's strange. Like this was such a strong, big start. I feel like I, I talked last week in uh, our episode on Ed Wood about Orson Welles and how he had like, you know, Citizen Kane and then he was always trying to live up to that after that. This movie feels like that a little bit for the Wachowskis. Obviously it's not Citizen Kane, but it, it is uh, similar in the sense that this was like their biggest movie and they've never really been able to go back and recapture it. And I think they're actually selling their studio too. Um, and, you know, talking about retirement. I'm hoping that they get bored and then return, you know? But... Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that they weren't. You would think that this would start like a trend of them doing a ton of, you know, really cool sci-fi future action films, but it didn't really end because up that way. Because
1: I think other people sort of aped them, and and they kind of uh, for less yeah, th- for less money. They
0: kind of <laughs> yeah, they kind of yeah. swooped in and sort of stole their idea, and then like you said, did yeah. it did it easier, did hear, it for I cheaper. Hear, I hear good things um,
1: about Sense Eight though that they. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, I've not seen yeah. Sense8. So, yeah, that's I, I've heard good things, too. Yeah. Well, um, let's talk about Keanu, yes. then. Uh, by this time, he was already a pretty big star, but not necessarily as an action star yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, though he had done um, Point Break before this, so...
0: Right, right. Although I have trouble taking that movie seriously, I like <laughs> it a lot. <laughs> but it is Point yeah. Break.
1: <laughs> he seems to be kind of an everyman, and sort of a, a jack of all trades, a little bit of an actor, because he was in. He did do drama. He did do dramas. He did do comedies. He did, and he did a little, a little bit of action here and there. So.
0: Yeah, for me, I mean, he was Bill and Ted. That's that's how I knew yeah. him um, back then. I, I loved that movie. We haven't done that on the show, but that is actually one of my favorite movies, and I like the sequel too. But um, I used to watch those over and over. So when he's cast in this, it was like, huh? You know, I'm thinking of him as as Bill as you know, Ted Theodore Logan. Um, <laughs> so before this movie, he did Johnny Mnemonic. Which oh, yeah. uh, was was brought up, not necessarily to him specifically, but I think by studios when they saw this idea for The Matrix, they were like, it's not going to end up being like Johnny Mnemonic, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, they're hopeful, hopefully not. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, for the most part, I uh, I had seen Speed by this point. That was another movie that my friend Karen insisted we watch. But it's hard to go back and remember what times these all came out because I was so young. Uh, but Yeah, like, uh, to me, I mainly thought of him as from Bill and Ted, so I was surprised to see him in this role. It's so serious for him. Um, But now, looking back, it's hard to imagine anybody else being in that role, and he was so incredibly dedicated, even to where he got that neck injury. And I've actually read that doctors told him that he needed to, like, stop. That he could, like, end up paralyzed, that he could permanently damage his neck. And he didn't stop. He took that risk because he just really believed in the project i guess well also because he's a mortal, immortal and he doesn't have to worry yeah. about yeah yeah he's a vampire he's like you don't understand i heal very quickly i'll be fine <laughs> but i mean uh do you know much about like you know obviously like in john wick he's you know he does all his own stunts and um or, or the vast well, majority l- of them. Large, large person, yeah. <laughs> yeah and and he's you know he's very trained now but is was that starting from this movie or did he have do you know if he had previous martial arts experience?
1: Um, I don't really know. I, I, I imagine it started with this. Um,
0: yeah, it seems like it started with this.
1: And I, and I think, yeah, he got, he sort of developed his friendship with, like, Ch- Chaz Stahelski and David Leitch for the Matrix movies. Um, mm-hmm. Because, uh, do you know, he also, like, directed a martial arts movie. As he's oh, direct- I didn't
0: realize that. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's a movie called uh, Man of Tai Chi, uh, which ah. he directs, and uh, he also, like, co-stars in as the villain. Um, mm mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, I quite quite enjoyed it, and uh, uh, he had um Ch- uh, Chaz, This was like P. John Wick, and jazz Ch- jazz was like a stunt coordinator on that. I think Leech as well. Um, so it seems like yeah, he's 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 very. There's there's always a lot of stories that he's very um, a man of the people in terms of like he gets to know like the, the crew a lot. Uh, mm. and like, I think there's like stuff like apparently like he he just like, on, like, at least on one movie he bought the crew uh motorbikes. <laughs> of oh, really? and he just said that well I just I just think I've got enough money that you know I can uh, you know I can give I can just I can just give, give presents to people who you know could uh, use it and stuff so yeah
0: yeah he, yeah he seems so down to earth and just so chill um yeah. I think yeah chill is like the main thing I think of when I think of him <laughs> but yeah, yeah like it's it's incredible that you know this movie he I think you can really tell his commitment to the film he really sells this idea that He knows kung fu and I think that's important to the film being uh successful because otherwise you would feel like I'm just watching an actor that doesn't know how to do these stunts and you know you'd have to kind of say like okay in this part it's not him but he he does the action sequences in the film for the most part so it's like it makes it very believable and I think that's why that kind of cemented him that way and why people were so receptive when he came back as john wick which is awesome big fan of those films too
1: Yeah, also about the kung fu when he's learning it, like um, I think that's like really the first time in the movie where we actually see uh, Neo like sort of enjoying himself because right, right, right because he's he's up until that point he's like he's like consumed by the you know finding out what the finding Morpheus and uh, really not knowing something's wrong with the world but not really understanding what and then he goes through the trauma of finding out the truth and then when he's then when he then when he's actually committing to going through the training and stuff it's like some fun stuff and he's like yeah. Uh, he's like he's like doing he's like doing little bristly um mannerisms at, at one point you know I mean?
0: right, yeah. right 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 yeah. yeah and i mean like those those sequences i was watching some behind the scenes where they were showing some martial artists like you know uh, blocking and in learning what it was eventually going to look like and kind of playing it out first and the only yeah. difference that i noticed was that the martial artists are like Five times faster, I guess, just because, you know, they're so well trained and been doing it for years. It's so much quicker than, like, that's the only thing that I could notice was a little difference than when Keanu. And Lawrence were in that you know dojo scene um, the blockers are like a little bit faster <laughs> but it's yeah. still really cool to watch um, and you're watching it without any special effects without the actors and just watching them you know plan out the choreography and uh, even then it's just so impressive and that's again because Wu ping worked on movies like drunken master um, I think also there was another one I think uh, let's see
1: Fist of Legend?
0: Yes, that yes. Like, that's that's that... the one I'm trying to think of. Yeah, Fist of Legend, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, these were huge movies, and, you know, later you see his work uh, in more recent stuff like Crouching Tiger. I know it's kind of crazy to call Crouching Tiger recent, but it's more recent than this movie yeah. <laughs> by year. Um, but, yeah, you know, I think that's what makes these scenes so effective is that even if they didn't have, you know, CG, and even if they didn't have really famous people that we recognize doing these stunts, they're just done so well. That, that just enhances it, you know, Yeah. for the audience. Um, since we're kind of already talking a little bit about scenes, maybe we'll sprinkle the other actors in as we talk about it. Uh, what are some yeah. of your favorite scenes in this movie?
1: Uh, well, yeah, when I think of the movie, I think the movie, I was the scene I always think of uh, first is uh, the actual, the last scene. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, that's a very, very strong... Um, uh sequel bait <laughs> it is yeah uh, and like re- really good cap to the whole arc because uh like re- re-watching that i was noticing a lot of little, little little extra little bits of foreshadowing they put in before they actually explain things um and like so for instance um when he's talking when he's talking to that guy who he's doing he's, he's doing some unspecified service for it's, no, it's never really explained you know they get the guy that comes to his apartment and like he pays him money and he gives him a desk for for, for something. Um, yes.
0: Yeah. 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 Um,
1: and like, well, apparently in the original in the original script, um, it was a different. It was a little different. He was actually using these services as a hacker to like erase that erase that guy's um, parking tickets. <laughs> so oh. His,
0: <laughs> so his car
1: could be unclapped, but obviously it seems to be something different because he's giving them like a little desk and instead if you get caught using that. Um, but um, but yeah, he says he asked the guy, "Oh, you're known you ever like, felt like you've been in a dream and you're not really yeah. sure if you're awake or alive? And the guy says, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's called mescaline. It's the yeah. only way to fly. And I just like, oh, no, it's not because like, he's going to be flying by the end of the movie.
0: Right. Um, I think it also inserts this idea that like a lot of what influenced the Wachowskis are sci-fi writers and they tend to like have a lot of Uh, you know, like drugs in their writing. You know what I mean? Like, there's always this idea about, you know, like when you think of like Philip K. Dick or a lot of the other uh, big writers, like they they talk a lot about reality and dreams and, you know, just existential ideas. And usually drugs are somehow wrapped up in it, especially in the cyberpunk, you know, kind of uh, genre. I mean, it's prevalent, I think way more than probably a lot of people that don't read those books or don't delve more into it realize and so I didn't notice as a kid or when I was younger because I didn't know a lot about the genre but going back and watching it this time I noticed that line specifically and I just thought oh look they kind of did slip it in there a little bit like I think maybe if this came out now and they were a little bit more free they might have put more of that in the story but I feel like at that time they would have been like, nope, say no to drugs. Like you can't include that at all, but they kind of slipped it in just a little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah. I thought that um, was interesting. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I also like basically any seed that Smith, Smith is in. Cause, uh, Hell he's like, yeah. a he's like, like, I think, yeah, he's probably like the most enjoyable character in the movie. Because he, like he, he is, he goes full ham. Well, no, it's like, well, it's not, I wouldn't really, it's kind of hammy, but it's like, he's still intimidating. Um, and It's like it's really, I think there's a really interesting like um, paradox to the fact that he's representing like machines uh, and like the sort of like face faceless system, but he's also kind of uh, he's he he, is, he obviously has very, he also has he has a very emotional aspect to what he does. In like uh, he seems to get a lot of satisfaction out right, of doing this to humans, and like he like is, you know, as as the film goes on, you see you see more and more him um, stick out compared to the other two agents who are like very who are very just like. O- o- uh, autom- automatons, but Smith gets more and more emotional and uh, sm- smug, basically. Yeah. Uh, which is like very, which is actually like he like, was, like very impressive that he could do that because like he's wearing sunglasses like for like night. They will say in the movie. That's a he good point. Really the, yeah. He doesn't have like the benefit of his like a- of his eyes, um, but like <laughs> uh, he does. He does. He does actually some interesting stuff with his mouth because uh, like the interrogation scene. That's another good one where he's um he's uh, he's actually reading um. He's actually like just basically summing up um, uh, Neo's life and says, uh, yeah. you you uh, you you pay your taxes and you help your landlady carry out her garbage. And he does this thing, this sort of like half sneer, half grimace of his mouth as if he just finds basic human decency sort of repugnant.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, you know, we, we talked about how the cast in this movie is so strong and it's, You know, I mean, Hugo Weaving is another really strong part of it. I I agree with you. He's actually, yeah, he's my favorite character. And I remember, like, the first time watching that, he was my favorite. He's sort of like this, you know, fascist... uh, example of the law that um you know you later find out he's like a program and it seems like he's jealous of humans like he hates them but he's a little bit jealous and he kind of wants to be them because they have individuality and identity something that he doesn't have and so the more that he interacts with him and trying to prove that he's better you're picking up on the fact that he's actually you know jealous um yeah. but hugo weaving like you said that's incredible that he's able to um emote so much like you said while wearing sunglasses and his accent that he's doing this sort of like american neutral accent but at the same time there's yeah. flair to it and it's very you know almost like a cartoonish version of like yeah. what your boss sounds like or something yeah. You know,
1: yeah about the fact he's having to do an accent because um Quite quite a lot of the cast is uh, actually Australian because they filmed in Australia. I've never I've never really been too clear why that was. Um, because it seems like the movie is definitely supposed to be set in America. Right. It. Uh, but apart, but apparently, like the the city that you see isn't really supposed to be any one particular. Uh, city. It's supposed to like evoke different places. In, okay. In, yeah. Like, it doesn't
0: have to be New York. It could be just a big city. Yeah. 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 yeah I hadn't like, thought yeah. of it
1: that way. Cause like, like 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 sometimes like the reference like uh, street names and then if you look up the street names it doesn't really match what you see because for instance like um, when Neil gets picked up in the car he's under like the I think like Adam Street Bridge so I looked that up to see where that was and like that's that's a that's a, that, there's a there's a there's an Adam Street Bridge in Chicago but that's over water so it can't be the same one from the movie yeah and they um, show
0: like Wabash I think too at one point which is like a huge yeah. Chicago street. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, it could yeah. be anywhere um, because it's not consistent. They're just, it's a simulation, you know, so it's like picking yeah. really familiar streets and uh, familiar looking things, but then it's it doesn't have to be accurate.
1: I, mean, I, 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 did, notice in, I did notice in the entrance, and uh, watching it, uh, like you can kind of notice a lot more there's, it's not it's not as filmed on location as i thought it would be um there's, there's, there's a lot of things i realize now well, this, this was actually a, a, a sound stage like um the, the the rooftop chase uh from the beginning of the movie for instance um what unfortunate is that i think uh, at one point there's like an upward shot and i could. I think i could kind of see the rafters
0: <laughs> yeah uh,
1: of, of the of the sound stage uh, but uh, it's like that's the understandable the fact i'm watching mhd tv now <laughs> I'll right. yeah, be interested. I'll be interested to see if that's fixed because uh, next month I'm going to go see the uh, 4K uh, restoration uh, version uh, in theaters. So.
0: Oh, really? Okay, that's yeah. that's pretty cool. That's exciting. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I I watched like an HD version at home, um, and I did notice like we were thinking like, are we going to see wires or you know what I mean? Like I feel like yeah. there's like I especially notice um, the practical effects of how like the holes on their bodies for the plugs and all that, that looks so much faker now than it did when uh, I saw it in the movie. Um, And I thought some of that could be because it's so clear now that it was probably, you know, when, when film wasn't quite as sharp, you don't pick up on little things like that. And it looked a little bit more natural. Yeah. Uh, What's another scene that you, that you really loved from the movie? Um,
1: well, well, just in general, I do like the fact that like the, there's a very specific way that they shoot uh, and uh, the Matrix scenes versus the real world scenes. Oh yeah, uh, that's glow, like, that hint, that
0: hue that's over everything. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh, and also um, they do this thing a couple of times in the Matrix scenes where they'll show a monitor showing something, and then they'll zoom in on the monitor, and then they'll transition perfectly and that being just the shot. Um, ah, yeah. Which is basically, which is, which is basically uh, re- acknowledging the fact that it's all artificial. So that's mm-hmm. so that's why you can sort of transition like, that. but they, they wouldn't do that in the real world scenes. And, like, and also the real world scenes are very stark and they aren't quite as flashy with the way things are showing. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, so like that example is um, when when Neil goes to work, uh, he's getting chewed out by his boss, and like they they really just amp up the sort of um oppressive mon- mundanity of it where he's been the guy's just like groaning on and on at him about um <laughs> his his responsibilities in his future and at the same t- and at the same time you hear like the window washer squeegee
0: going yeah uh,
1: <laughs> and uh nice, a nice little touch i know is this um, his boss refers to him as mr anderson which is right what, um, yeah which is what uh, Smith c- calls him, because uh, it seems that Smith just wants, doesn't want to acknowledge... It's weird, because he, he, he's... He, all than, like, one scene with um, uh, uh, Cypher, he, like, that's... Neo is the only character he does that with, where he refers to them by their real name. Um, right. You'd think, presumably, he would know what Morpheus and Trinity's real names are, but he just he just calls them Morpheus, uh, or uh, he's called Morpheus Morpheus. Um, oh, I
0: didn't notice that, yeah.
1: But whereas where, where was with Neo, he just seems to want to... He just, Constantly remind them that he's like, he's, he's not special. um mm-hmm. uh, He doesn't get to choose that...
0: his own name or his own identity. It's already chosen for him. The one that they designed yeah. for him. You know, the yeah. one the machines designed. Your name's Mr. Anderson because we say so. You have this job because we say so. This is who you are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Neo is uh, a moniker that, you know, he came up with and it's his identity that he wants to uh transition to and they don't want to acknowledge that and there's a lot of themes in the movie about that about identity and you know so sort of choosing your own identity and it not being chosen for you this the scene the
1: scene where like neo first wakes up and he's in the he has the unplugged like that is like really traumatizing and uh... it
0: is i remember like seeing it for the first time that part i was like wait What's happening? Like I really, I mean, it's hard to stress now. Things aren't like you know, things were not the same as they are today. Where you're aware of what's coming up next, and you've done research on this movie, and you've read all about it, and you're expecting things like this part was truly shocking.
1: Yeah, Um, and like it's also it's like very, it's always funny because it's very obviously allegorical to being born because
0: oh absolutely he's, he's not wet subtle. he's
1: he's, <laughs> he's wet he's naked he's to he get all he's like he's just like being vi- vi- violently detached from a cold uh-huh. and then, like thrown into like water and like you can't really see and he's just floating about and like this just giant hand or, or claw comes <laughs> in and grabs him it's like that. right
0: it's like forceps or something <laughs> yeah
1: yeah i like yeah you know, uh but also like just imagery like the the the, the quote-unquote fields of all the other um humans like all in the little tanks and stuff um that's really messed up <laughs> that's really yeah it's really just because like you think about because we think about the scale of it is this like like because they don't really go into like too much of the geography like is, is is the entire planet like this or is it like is it all concentrated in like america or or what um um is, yeah the like, machines
0: presume- are mysterious they they expound a little bit on it in the sequels which i think kind of makes uh, the first movie more understandable why as yeah. you know batteries they would still need to be, uh, awake because like you know one criticism you could make watching this movie is like well why would robots even care about your fantasy while you're asleep like what do they care about that, um uh, but they well, kind of go into detail about that in the other movies. Well, they
1: actually, go in, they go in detail in this movie because they said ah, that like, I missed it. But like they had to like give them, they have to give them a fantasy that would um. No, cause because originally it seems like them. Cause, cause uh, have you have you seen the anime, the animatrix?
0: Yeah, I have. It's been years though, so yeah. I'm sure I've forgotten. So, some yeah, so about like, it.
1: yeah, so like, <laughs> so, so, so that really like illustrated that like the machines weren't the bad guys originally. They they mm-hmm. really well they really well just like a put upon um, minority basically, and uh, uh, they were basically driven to this. And it seems that even even when they had to like. Um, put humans as at his, at his batteries, they wanted to be humane about it, and like, Smith explains that originally the Matrix was um, a paradise um, oh, but, okay. but humans wouldn't accept it, and... Uh, I remember they, this uh, now yeah, yeah, and uh, they they violently rejected it, and they actually like, they like, lost whole um, quote-unquote, was it crops, did you say, or, or something like that um, so they had to like, create, create a more realistic version of it, because apparently humans define their existence by suffering <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> not not surprising huh <laughs> yeah. but yeah like uh when I was reading an article about it um before we started recording I was reading that also in a weird way it's like the machines as much as they hated us we're still their creators and there's this desire to like still interact also you know and yeah. and, and and so like you're saying and, that, and that's another part of it. it's like being humane being respectful but not letting us run rampant and murder them it's kind of also, understandable. Yeah. But
1: also, <laughs> lot, also a lot about of uh, petty revenge.
0: Right. 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 <laughs> Especially from uh, Smith's standpoint. Um, yeah. 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 No, I agree that that scene is just so crazy. I mean, there's we never seen anything like that before um you can't really point to like another movie and say oh this is just like this I, I, there are times when i'm watching the movie where i'm thinking about like metropolis on some level but it's yeah. not the same especially visually and uh yeah it's just so um so graphic mm. and so violent and so mm. surprising um you're kind of like well where's this movie headed next you know after yeah. you see that so it, it just um, goes in an interesting direction
1: yeah, and like, is, is it just me as also a little bit of H.R. Geiger to, the, like, the design?
0: Oh, absolutely. Definitely thought it's, about Alien when I watched it.
1: <laughs> yeah, especially when you see, when you get, like, a great look at the sewers, because the architecture looks mm-hmm. a lot like, sort of, like, H.R. Geiger sort of architecture. Um, and, like, the uh, the Sentinels or the squids, they're, they're very terrifying. Um,
0: yeah, and they kind of look like, again, when, when I know that they're influenced by Ghost in the Shell, I definitely, there's some little robots in Ghost in the Shell, but they're friendlier that look yeah. a lot like those creatures in this movie. Um, yeah. So noticing some similar design there too. But yeah, I definitely thought about Geiger because, yeah, I mean, he influenced so much sci-fi after that, you know, that he, how can you not think about him um, when you see that scene?
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny like, watching it as well. There's like, um, that's kind of like a long part of the movie that, that, that they're kind of detached from the fight and it's more... About like Neo, like learn the ropes, and uh, he he doesn't he doesn't even really get to do anything like seriously. is uh, like uh like like, hero- like he gets yeah him, like spar with uh, Morpheus. Um, right, which, it's all very um,
0: controlled and safe in the beginning.
1: Yeah, uh, though it does also establish the rule that what happens in the programs can affect you physically. because um, exactly, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is also it's, like, it's, it's also amazing that this like films able to, like sort of um. Put in like just general uh, explanation about how things mechanically work, but also make it sound like cool philosophical stuff. So when it so when he yes. says, um, "If you die in the Matrix, do you die in real life?" And then Morpheus comes back with, um, "The body cannot live without the mind," which is like f- factually true, but also sounds like cool. It's <laughs> <That's> the cool <laughs> bit of, of, of wisdom. Because yeah, that's the other thing. It's like yeah, the movie has a lot of like little. Like, very, like, simple, easy, accessible, like, sort of philosophical, like, themes. Um, exactly. Also. Yeah, um,
0: it, it, it's very succinct and simple to understand. Like, I remember when I was younger, I was kind of snobby about that because there were some other movies that were similar to this that were a little bit more subver- uh, subversive. And yeah. I... Um, I liked those more just because I was a nerd and I was like, this movie is so easy to understand. But of course, that's what's given it the longevity that it has, you know, because it's taking really big, high concepts and putting it into easy, digestible terms, which actually is hard to do. So uh, it's a real big a positive part of this movie. But you're right. You know, I've always say in a lot of these episodes that exposition can be extremely boring. You know, people complain about origin stories and they complain about watching a movie that's, you know, 60% or 70% set up. In a way, this movie does that. You don't really get the... They're sprinkled in a little bit sometimes, but you don't really get the powerful action scenes until they already establish all yeah. these rules so you understand you know what the limitations are and that there are stakes because you could watch this movie and be like there's no stakes like they're not in the real world so how do yeah. they establish that there's still an element of danger and they do that really well in yeah. these training scenes yeah
1: yeah so yeah so yeah like when he's fighting um, morpheus uh as like of course get the first part where like neil gets to like a, a little bit um and mm-hmm. do things that uh he can't really do in the real world it which was, it was quite <laughs> funny as well because the whole point of that scene is like Morpheus is trying to teach him that he has the, and within these programs he can exceed normal limits of uh, mm-hmm. what humans are capable of but, but, but before that he's like he's still doing stuff like running up walls and doing backflips which I don't think people could really do consistently <laughs> not easily
0: but yeah physically yeah. they can do them for sure yeah it's, like, it's not and it's like, possible
1: and they're getting kicked across like 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 across the room and like smashing into pillows <laughs> <laughs> yeah
0: um
1: but yeah it's like so it's, it's quite cool because it's like as is, 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 is is a martial arts scene they'll do they're going through different um martial arts styles and uh are you like doing like karate and uh kung fu and stuff? I was, I was a little bit I was a little bit like rewatching that I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get to see some drunk drunken boxing. Uh yes. that. that's that's lot. that's a little bit esoteric, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um uh but you also have um uh the uh opening action scene with uh Trinity being chased uh by the by the, the agents, uh which is like it's like starts off with actually being like sort of like effortlessly taking out those uh, police officers um, mm-hmm. uh, but then like as soon as the agents come in they really m- m- emphasize how much she's scared of them um,
0: yes yeah she's uh, really scared of Hugo Weaving in particular
1: yeah uh, there's a scene where she like she, she has to like she jumps right across uh, right off a roof and like smashes through a window and then tumbles down some stairs and then like just mm-hmm. turns around and, like trains her guns around the window but then has to like basically tell herself to get up and keep moving um, yeah very cool uh, scene and uh, yeah, it's was, it was also quite nice as well. Like um, that like the movie ends in the same place it begins, like ge- geographically, because like, oh yeah, that that room that the News in at the beginning, that's the room that new has to go to uh, to get the to get to escape. And like also, what's quite funny. Is like like that gets cut, so she has to like go and get a, get to the payphone, and then but then at the end of the movie, the the payphone gets destroyed, so he has to run and get to the. The old room. Which is which yeah. is also like nice, it was also like a nice little bit of expedition because it explains how you're like um Smith is able to get there before him because he remembers this. Uh and I was a again, shows something that he that sets him apart from the other two agents because they don't they don't apparently seem to recognise that and he does did, he did uh, um they can
0: think he can think big picture. I guess it's a sign too that he's evolving compared yeah. to the other agents.
1: Yeah. Um there's also the uh the famous lobbyist. Uh, government lobby se- sequence
0: yeah uh, which i think is specifically what you know w- when the whole columbine thing happened what they were pointing right. to and it is yeah. weird like it is and i've heard this on other podcasts that talk about this movie too especially if you live in america it's like that scene you look at it a little bit differently than you would have the first time like the first yeah. time i saw it i was like so cool wow and now you're kind of like oh, like this happens now, you know, or people yeah. go into buildings and shoot people. You know, of course, I'm not blaming this movie in any way. I'm not trying to say, oh, this movie caused people to do that at all. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, we live in a different world than when this came out in 1999. Um, and it's hard not to see it, see it that way. And because, it, you know, when it came out, that, that shooting happened, um, yeah. we're thinking about it now. Um, it's just interesting how pop culture sort of, you know, has these things yeah. in them that you know it changes over time, but uh, but it's also like the most badass scene in the whole movie. So uh, yeah, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, so yeah, um, yeah, it is quite funny because it's like that we watching it now. This movie is full of a lot, of, lot more moral ambiguity or moral gray area than you'd think I, you'd originally. Noticed.
0: Yes, I was noticing that, like when they shoot people that are taken over by agents, yeah. like they or, still killed somebody. <laughs> it's just, like. I'll yeah. just
1: shoot. I'll just shoot in security guards.
0: Uh... Right, that didn't even have anything to do with it. But I feel like when this came out in 1999, I certainly didn't notice that. I don't think most audiences did. But today, you could not do that. Like it's kind of like the same thing. You know, when uh like BVS came out, or when um you know some of these Marvel films where they criticize them and go, hey, you know, if they if the heroes and villains fight it out in a city, all these. Bystanders get hurt, and you know. Then studios are like, okay, so they add a line that's like, "The city's been evacuated." Like they didn't do that in this movie, <laughs> you know. Yeah. and you don't uh, even notice. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. And like the thing is, they actually set it up earlier because like um, when Morpheus is doing like the fake uh, briefing program, where where he's like he's explaining them, these people are so uh, devoted to the system, they're so dependent on it that they will not, they're not ready to let go, and they will fight us uh, to protect it. So he's basically saying, he's basically justifying ahead of time, try, try, yeah. trying to justify ahead of time them <laughs> them doing this. Uh, it's a little bit. Uh, and it's it's also weird because well it's like they don't even like try to really, um, fr- like shoot it in a way, shoot shoot the uh, that the, the beginning of that scene to make them seem more heroic about it because it's actually they, they do come across like if you watch this scene out of context, uh, you might actually think these are the villains of the movie because
0: yeah like if you were to show this to someone that hadn't seen it before and say like yeah. what do you think of these guys and you'd be like yeah. um they're terrible they're shooting all these police officers and security yeah, especially guards especially <laughs> with the last guy because he's just like
1: sort of t- panicking on the phone going oh step back up step back up and then like you just and, uh, Tony just like walks up to him and, like and he's, he's like oh damn um <laughs> but um yeah but that aside yeah like 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 i think at least how much of that scene must must have been in like slow motion? I think eighty uh, percent scene must have been in oh, slow yeah. motion. Um, well, they're like uh, charging uh, the pillars. and uh, uh, yeah, because <laughs> I think yeah, you, I was trying to think of something. The, the reason, but yeah, you kind of had to like sh- show. Oh uh, 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 yeah, 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 you kind of had to because there's there's, there's a lot of um, debris flying about because it's just like marble exploding uh everywhere yeah. as they're running across and uh blowing everything up uh though that also like kind of like retroactively kind of gives you justifies them wearing sunglasses all the time because it kind of acts like ghosts
0: <laughs> that's true yeah you don't uh, see them like blink or anything yeah yeah um did you think about this scene when you saw the latest john wick movie like the third uh, one
1: not really but it's really? About it, yeah because you know, uh, there's obviously there's also like a lot of References callbacks to the matrix and you john wick uh really hoping that hugo even or carrie Moss are in part.
0: yes oh. well like there's there's one scene where it's like in a building and it kind of reminded me yeah. of this part and it's got all that green hue to it i was like i'm thinking about this scene you know when i was watching it so yeah yeah it's uh it's it's really impressive and uh it's just so fun to watch and i think it ages yeah. really well like when i go back and watch it again i'm on the edge of my seat even though I know it's going to happen.
1: Yeah. Um, and, uh, like you know, so was that, that whole uh, act, lobby scene and the stuff with the helicopter. Uh,
0: the stuff with the cool. helicopter, I kind of forget about. And then when you see it again, you are like, oh my God, especially with, uh, <laughs> you know, with uh, Carrie on Moss's character and that ripple yeah. effect on the glass. Oh, there's just, they thought of so many things. It's like, how do you even think of this scene? Like these guys really, they were just so, uh, imaginative you know it's like uh, high concepts i i'm sure that was a hard sell like oh i'm going to do this like how are you going to do that oh we're going to we're going to figure it out
1: <laughs> uh, yeah uh but i like, yeah, like i think though like in terms of like, uh, like a like really like it's basically like a character moment uh when matrix when when neo chooses to stand his ground and invite smith in the subway mm. uh that's great and like uh the back and forth between those two is good and it's like it's also addressing like smith like again, like, again, you'll see that this, this is really personal for Smith because he he went there alone. Uh-huh. Uh, he didn't bring the other two guys with him, so he seemed to want to really be dealing with us personally. Uh, and he's he just like just saying, "I'm going to enjoy watching you die." Uh, and he's uh, he's like throwing them on the. He's trying to hold them. He's trying to hold them in place on the, route, on the, on the track so they both get run over with the, the train.
0: Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. But um, yeah, like is a martial arts battle though? That that's, that's really cool. Um, and you'll like seeing. Um, like Neo's resilience, uh, and it's also interesting. Is like uh, even, even like the cop. Uh, you mayn't realize realize this, but there's. Is this actually there was actually originally censored a little bit in the UK. Uh, oh, really? To America, so yeah, there's like a part. There's a part during the fight where, um, uh, New uh, Smith traps both of Neo, Neo's arms, and they start they, they exchange headbutts. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that? Like that's that's yeah. not that, that wasn't an original UK version at all because we had. Uh, we had a like a, a little bit of a scare about um, people do it like kids copying headbutts. Uh, oh really? Um, as, yeah, and like uh, and uh, yeah, so yeah, stuff like that would be edited uh, out at least like heavily censored. Uh, do you remember like what the news story
0: was that made people worry about that? No, I, I just think it was just generally um... it's just too graphic, too violent yeah something? yeah this it, is like but
1: the there's the, 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 the kind of a history of that with um with our oh with
0: headbutting. okay okay well
1: no, well, with, with violent things in general um oh like i see his, okay to the point that um nunchuckers got edited out of things um which was which was a little bit of a weird which which i think contributed a little bit of a weird censorship to of all things teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs>
0: Oh how funny! Yeah. yeah, It's it's just interesting. It you know varies from country to country. Like yeah. what is considered unacceptable. Like again yeah. over here because there was that um, crime that had happened recently. They're like oh like this is a bad movie now. Whereas yeah. in another part of the world you're like you know can't relate to that. You're like what yeah. what are you talking about? It's just a movie. Yeah. It's obvious. Uh, yeah, that's interesting.
1: Yeah, all all the shooting was was kept in fines, felt like, you know, because we don't really have that as much of a problem. Um, but, right, right, right. So, yeah, but. Uh, yeah, but and you see, yeah, it wasn't until like I just saw like a TV version of it that reintroduced that that actually realised that that was gone in the first place. Um, but yeah, uh, though, That's the, really but, yeah, funny. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's like um, it's a it's like it's like a good like fight scene, and it's like weird that it's like um, it's like it's basically Neo starting to really embrace his power and like uh, re- realise who he is, and like he actually he's like he's like the first like it's it's, it's kind of odd because they kind of they, they say that like, they, like um like everyone who's ever fought an agent has died uh right. and then, like he he actually gets a couple of kills in because like when he's when he's on the well actually technically twenty kills an agent um on the roof uh at one point but that's that was a little uh there's a big asterisk for that and then he also like kills a bunch of them with a uh helicopter gun um but unless it's like kind of like a one-on-one fight he actually prevails um um and uh but then like uh it, it's it interesting that like the the agents are um so, for like, they, they just are basically like the Terminator. If the Terminator could just kind of reset itself, uh, every, right. time, every time, yeah, because um, they're
0: programs, they're not physical, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, though, it's a little bit odd that like their work they're, they're they kind of have that kind weakness that they have a limit and they, they can they, they can't exceed that. But Neo can because it's like when you, when you think about it, it's like it's programs, it doesn't really make sense that, that they would be they would ever miss when trying to shoot someone, um because that did, did the machines program program as a, as a bit of a to be a bit more spotting about it or or what
0: <laughs> yeah that's true
1: <laughs> um or like why, why why did they make it that like um if if, if you could if you, if you if you if you punch the agent in the throat he would actually go ah it's like it's <laughs> think technically speaking they need to be able to breathe so you know you might as well i mean they're basically they're basically moderators so why not give them Ad- admin privileges better than right. that. Right. <laughs> I feel like
0: it's because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. And if he was just punching him and he wasn't reacting, it would be boring. Yeah. But there's no logical reason why he does yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. um, but, uh, yeah, we have... We have and it's, it's nice that it goes from that to, like, a chase scene on foot with uh, uh them chasing him through the marketplace and uh, going back. And, like, that, that whole sequence where he's running through the apartment building and... He keeps running past people and then the, the camera cuts back to them and there's suddenly an agent like throwing like 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 a, there's like an old lady cooking something and then when and then when Neil runs past them, like doesn't he, does it and, he smuff, and he like throws the knife at him. Oh um, yeah. And uh, they also like front there's also throwing a little bit of humor where he's like Neil's being given directions by uh, tank. Uh and he's um uh he's just basically like um Okay, this door on your left, and then Neil like goes tries to go through the door on the right. He goes, "No, you're on the left." And he goes, oh, "Okay, <laughs> let's manage for <through laughs> it." Um, and uh, yeah, the fact that like it all ends up with uh, Neil uh, dying, uh, quote unquote. Um,
0: right. He he he's born and dies. Yeah. In the movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, and like uh, he just gets like so overpowered at the end that he's. Uh, when he's, when, he's, when, he's like, when he's having his last little fight with uh, uh, Smith, he's just holding them off with one hand and not even yeah. looking at him when he does it. Uh, yeah, just, like, kicks very him. cool. Yeah. And uh, kicks him once and just jumps in and makes him explode uh, and then just causes the other two to just have this little funny moment where they both look at each other and then just run away.
0: Yeah, they're and like, I'm, like just... I'm outmatched at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't yeah. have the stake in it that that uh, the doc, that Mr. Smith did, you know? Because yeah. Mr. Smith, it's, like, personal for him. And for the other two agents, I think they're just lower-level programs. They don't have, you know, motives. They're just acting out what they've been programmed to do. So they're yeah. kind of like, well, you know what? I don't need to do this. I don't want to explode. I'm going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and it's, it's interesting because as well because it's like that's, like... For a sci-fi movie, there, there does seem a lot, a, a fair bit of like quasi-supernatural things to it as well, yeah. because like Morpheus, sort of Neo is like um, part of a prophecy. If he does right. die and, and come back only; it's only able to come back to life because someone else's prophet, prophecy comes true uh, when he, mm-hmm. when the Trinity reveals that she loves him. Um, uh, and I suppose, yeah, we should actually go back and talk about the uh, the the scene with the the, the Oracle. Oracle. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, you know, this scene, when they talk about the Oracle, it's like, I couldn't even picture what the Oracle was going to look like. And I guess I didn't pick up on that the Oracle isn't human. Did you? Because I was reading about it. Or maybe that's in the other movies where they explain that, that she's also a
1: program. It was, yeah, you... it, was, it, was, it was, I think it was only explained in the second movie. That she was okay, okay, I
0: did remember that. Because, I mean, honestly, I've seen this one a bunch of times, but the... the you know, the sequel and the, 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 the last one I haven't seen as many times. So it kind of escaped my memory.
1: The way I figured that is that she was, at the time when I watched it, I figured that she was a human, but she yeah, was Yeah, I like thought a special, so too. She was like a special human who was like, like those other like potentials, like the spoon kid and that. She had, right. She had, she other, had abilities, but she wasn't the one. I like, like, the way she was projecting herself in The Matrix isn't wasn't exactly what she looked like in real life uh, because she was, like, mm. a, a lot older than that. Uh, that's what I assumed. Um, but uh, she's a fun character as well. Um, like, the, the, when she comes in and she's like, uh, don't, don't worry about the vase. And yeah. he like, <laughs> knocks it over It's like, oh, uh, how'd you know that? It's like, well, what's going to really pick your needle later on is uh, would you have knocked it over if I hadn't said anything? <laughs> and, yeah. And, like, the whole fact that she's... It's quite funny. Like She kinda knows everything that's gonna happen, but uh, but she has to kind of um lie idiot and, like, kind of put him through a, a bit of anxiety uh, to get him to go to, 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 to yeah, fulfill that. Um, basically, it's, uh, it's basically the Doctor Strange. If, if, I, if, I, if I tell you what's going to happen, it won't happen, <laughs> I think.
0: Right, right. And also, you know, there's a lot in this movie about free will and making your own choices, and it's like she knows what's going to happen, but it's got to feel like it's his own choice, which is a little bit yeah. of a contradiction if you really think about it, but I think it's like um you have potential but you have to see it and you have to get there kind of thing yeah, yeah. um and that also brings this, was,
1: this scene also brings up so what I talk about um uh well she brings up the fact that like even if you told morpheus he wouldn't believe you no one no one can tell him uh that you aren't the one and like that kind of like brings up like something that I didn't pick up more is that um morpheus like, was talking to about how there's moral ambiguity moral greyness like morpheus really is kind of there's a bit of shadiness to morpheus in this movie, more than you yeah, he's think.
0: he's he's your typical Dumbledore or Professor Xavier that's got all these all this knowledge and he's hoarding some of it away.
1: <laughs> but he's he's he he is kind of uh, he can, he kind of comes across as a little bit of a cult leader
0: at times. Uh absolutely. Like you can see why Cipher and some of the other people are like. I think they're really on board with this whole idea of waking up and getting out of the Matrix, but they're not on board with one guy being a magical savior that fixes everything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh also the fact that like like cipher does have a point like morpheus didn't could could have told them a bit more before they like picked the red pill but he didn't because yeah uh, cuz he
0: knew they would not choose it
1: <laughs> yeah um, i mean
0: it is manipulative but,
1: yeah and apparently, uh, apparently though, like uh, a lot of what morpheus does is i think i've read somewhere that um it does kind of match the way that certain terrorist groups or cults kind of like maybe gaslight people into joining their um uh, Joining the side, uh, sure, I mean, telling uh, you you're
0: special and yeah. uh, all, you know, you have a purpose and all this other stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah. it's a little manipulative.
1: Yeah. Knowing the uh, bleak it's...
0: future that they're gonna wake up to. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and his and his and his belief in Neo is a little um, off-putting considering everything else. And also, apparently, um, in the original version of the script, uh, when in in the scene where Neo is talking to Cipher, Cipher actually tells him that Neo isn't the first person that Morpheus thought was the one
0: oh Uh, shit that would have been too real for 1999 i feel like if this came out now they would definitely put that in but not 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 1999
1: yeah yeah (laughs) there was like there was other people that he got he he found who thought was the one and he basically convinced them they were the one uh and they actually like believed it and went up against uh, agents and then got totally wiped out Um, oh man i
0: would have loved that (laughs) i would love Uh, that moral ambiguity like that's awesome yeah (laughs) i wish Um, that was in it that's cool
1: and it's like you you can also kind of see the point, a point a little bit of what Cypher's saying, uh, and the like, like the the Matrix, uh, yeah, real world, whatever. And like, but the Matrix, like, even, just just as a tool, the uh, the Matrix could at least be a good way to escape from things because like the real world isn't exactly uh, a paradise, right? Right there. Um, yeah,
0: there's a lot of pressure to like once you wake up, you know, wake up completely forever and don't enjoy that other world. And it's like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's pretty shitty out here. Like,
1: yeah, because like, like
0: it's tempting.
1: Because like you'd, you'd probably be able to like stomach the food better if you could also, after eating it, uh, go to the Matrix and just have a steak. Even <laughs> just, just <laughs> I know to, that to, to, steak to, to, what...
0: scene is like mm, makes me hungry. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, uh, and yeah, it's, it's also kind of a thing that was explored a little bit in, in sequels, where you find out that. um like not, not everyone else, not everyone in like Zion believes what um believes what uh, Morpheus believes about the one, uh, even though they know that in, there's something special about Neo. Um, they still they still they kind of want a more practical approach to uh, do this war rather than just hoping that this uh, digital Messiah is going to uh make things better.
0: Well, plus it's like there could be a translation of this movie where. Anybody could have been the one, as long as you have Morpheus to, like, convince you and pull out all this potential and tell you you're limitless. Like, is he really special? Or is he the one because he thinks he is? You know, it's like, I don't know. It's kind of... It's a little iffy.
1: Yeah. Um, But uh, it's also quite interesting talking about how they have to kind of, like, reject the uh, artifice in the Matrix. But whenever they go into the Matrix, they, like... They, like... They they, they, they dress up in the most (laughs) conspicuous overly stylized way possible (laughs) yes that makes makes it a little bit hard to understand how they're not being caught
0: (laughs) right if you see people walking around in trench coats and sunglasses well especially after this movie it makes you nervous but but yeah it would be conspicuous especially when it doesn't look that cold where they are
1: (laughs) yeah and like like that's interesting. Regularly, like if they did, if they did like continue Matrix now or like reboot it, like what what would what would the modern equivalent of that be? Because I don't think that 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 style really translates so so much to, to the present day. Uh, and would there be a would there be a bit more variety to it? Would there just be someone who's like. You know I, I don't really feel like wearing this trench coat. I'm just gonna wear a jersey and some jeans. Is that okay? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that
0: would be less conspicuous.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, it'd be lo- more like the born identity or something, you know, just dress yeah. like a normal person. Yeah. yeah.
1: I'm, I'm I'm wearing all denim. I'm <laughs> three layers of denim and there's nothing you can do about it, Morpheus.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> um, that is funny. Yeah. Uh where else? Uh Oh oh, another scene that kind of really messes me up is when um the scene where Cypher is like systematic killing them one by one. Because uh, mm-hmm. like that's a really messed up way to die, just being switched off like that.
0: Uh yeah and, like,
1: I like the way it's depicted where like you you, you see them you see them just basically you actually see like um what is it? Uh, Switch, I think her name yeah, is. Yeah, Switch, uh, yeah. And she's like not like this and her eyes just like roll up and she just collapses and it's like
0: Yeah, Uh, Um, and also Switch that character I was going to mention. Originally, they wanted, I think, her to be female in The Matrix, and then when she came out of it, she would be male. Uh, So they were going to be two different actors, which is kind of interesting, especially in light of the fact that the Wachowskis, you know, transition. So you got to wonder. There are some elements to this movie that kind of I I think play with that a little bit. Um, Her character Switch, and even I think Carrie On Moth. Carrie Moss's character, uh, Trinity, I remember when this movie came out back in 1999, her look, people were like, oh, she looks like a dude. Like, do you remember, like, thinking that she looked uh. extremely different from, like, other leading women in movies? Uh,
1: maybe a little bit. I was, uh, uh, but really, really just more the fact that she just wears all this like PVC, yeah, clothing. true. Yeah,
0: she that looked, <laughs> oh. but like she's not wearing but, a lot of makeup, and like you know what I yeah. mean. Like, if Sandra Bullock was her, I feel like she would have looked different, right? And I yeah. think that there, she had an androgynous look, and the androgynous look was kind of big in the 90s, you know, around the grunge era anyway. But there's kind of like little yeah. soft echoes in this movie, I think, that hint at the Wachowskis, what they were thinking at the time, and what they would think of later. But it, it was pretty different at the time. It's what made it seem so, like, futuristic and different yeah. um, back then. Yeah. Not trying to say, yeah, like, there's but, any and... strong, strong messaging, but, like, it, it's kind of sprinkled in a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah, but when... Yeah, and, and when uh, Neo and her first meet... Uh, they, like, look
0: alike, like... <laughs> also. Yeah, 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 <laughs> they look like yeah. they could be, like, exactly. brother and sister. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and she and, and he goes like uh, the Trinity. Oh, and she's like, it's like, oh, I always thought you were a guy. And she's like, most guys do. Yeah, there's a lot uh. of
0: that in the movie, and I I never noticed it to be honest. It's not like I was looking for that or, but uh, actually, my friend Kara and I were talking about it the last couple of days because she loves this movie so much, and she was she studies uh, like things like this, and so she uh, she told me about it, and she was like, and I at first I was like what are you talking about? Like, I don't see it. And then she was picking little scenes like this and like specific words. And I was like, Oh yeah, I kind of see it. That's interesting. They really, I mean, it went yeah. r- right over my head, especially in 1999, yeah. but uh, it's a, oh uh,
1: interesting. Also, what, what, what exactly, how exactly would you define that club they, they met in? Because it seemed kind of fetishy. It was, like, it, it, did. it was like a fetish, <laughs> a fetish
0: hardcore metal rave place i think it's like uh, industrial which also was really big right. at the time you know like thinking about like nine inch nails and you know there's a lot of right. leather and there's a lot of like you know i i remember because i i was a nine inch nails fan back in the day it was very rebellious of me as a very conservative upbringing i was like yes head like a hole you know yeah. <laughs> so oh yeah yeah yeah
1: so also like like the reason he goes there is because that girl du jour has like the the white rabbit tattoo, mm-hmm. and Trinity likes left him saying follow the white rabbit. So it's like thinking about it is she part of the resistance or or what? Because it's like that's 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 just something I was thinking about. It's like would 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 the Matrix have like people? Would the resistance have like people who weren't unplugged who still worked for them in some capacity so they could do these things? Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah, like
0: how much of it or or was that something the Oracle said? Or yeah, it's like I I don't know. That's, that's interesting. Like what is she in on it or not? They definitely seem like, you know, another weird thing about this movie is that, um, and another, I guess, parallel to maybe it being about, you know, coming out and being the real you is, you know, his character at the beginning is like a shut in and doesn't want to leave and doesn't want to do anything. And they kind of pull him out of it. And he ends up, you know, becoming this big resistance leader, but also, um, it really speaks to a fear that a lot of people had at the time. You see it a lot in like cyberpunk stories or I I can think of like some animes that were popular at the time. There was this huge fear of all of us turning into shut-ins because of our computers. You know, it was like, Oh no, we're all going to be so obsessed with the digital world that we're not going to want to go outside anymore. And we're going to have, you know, he's like, you're looking paler than usual, like implying that he was inside more. Um, And it's funny how phones completely changed that. Like, we went from all being worried that we would never leave our home to now we have the computer in our phones. And so that's, like, not even a thing anymore. But back in 1999, like, that was sort of a double message of, like, hey, guys, you know, get out there in the real world and leave your computers. But, yeah, nobody, most people don't even necessarily have a computer at home anymore. (laughs) They have tablets. Yeah. Uh,
1: I suppose you should also talk about the fact that, like, effectively the themes of this movie is very like universal and, and like it, it it feels it feels like the, the premise feels like somewhat plausible because the whole sort of idea of it is that people uh just living their lives feel trapped without really knowing why and it's like, you know, what's your job, your expectations, like uh there's even a little bit of a dig at religion because like when Morphus is talking about how or oh, the matrix is you, you can is everywhere around you. You feel it when you pay your taxes. You feel it when you go to church. Yeah, and it's like seems to be talking about like the sort of like society, like the like the systems of society that sort of make you act in ways, make you conform to ways that you maybe don't want to or uh, don't feel that you should really have to. Um, and like it's just basically and like it's like kind of compass with the fact that more uh, that neo isn't really is like it's like has a desk job and there's in a little cubicle. Yeah, there are uh, so
0: many and, movies uh, like that in the '90s too, like with American Psycho, uh, Fight Club. You know, this was like a big rage against corporate culture and control and conformity was huge in the '90s. You know.
1: Yeah, yeah. They've got they've got a rage against the machine. Yeah, despite Psalm all my all rage, guys.
0: That's what I was thinking when you were saying he feels trapped. I was like, he's a rat in a cage. You know, like yeah. Uh, yeah and then to end it literally on a rage song is like. Yeah, yeah. 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 It really speaks to like how a lot of people felt at the time. And it, yeah, in many ways still do. It's like you said, it's pretty universal, especially now. But I think this is like around the time when it was really getting, you know, people were getting really upset about that. And I think that's also why I kind of yeah. thought about Metropolis a little bit, too, because that was kind of like a, a story where it's like, oh, the industrialized you know, way of living—it's killing us, and we need to get away from it. You know, and it's funny how yeah. all this time later, we're still uh, we're still fighting that battle. Um, we still feel that way.
1: Yeah, and obviously, like the the agents are supposed to like represent government, like uh, agents. Oh stuff. yeah, because they they, like I just assuming that the police don't. Work with, I that they're like FBI, because uh, like because like it's obviously the, the police aren't really in on. The thing, but they're still part of it without really understanding it, because um, mm-hmm. like, like, because, because uh, yeah, you see that uh, one cop, one one cop sees like they meet uh, the one of the agents jump across the roof and he's like that's impossible, uh, but uh, also like um, when th- when they capture Morpheus and like they have all the like like uh, Smith takes him like. I pacifies them a little bit then just tells the other guys take them in like just like a dozen uh black clad uh SWAT guys come in just with clubs and just beat them down a little bit oh
0: for uh, sure it's like so. a lot of like systemic oppression and i feel like now yeah. like you know you hear people say like i always wanted to be in the fbi but like there's a time that the oh, yeah. fbi like nobody felt like they could trust them you know they were yeah. evil they're the government you know so it's like that's kind of what they represent, and how, like you said, the yeah. police are participating in this oppression against people, but they don't realize they're doing it. They're just doing what they're told. They're just yeah. sheep. No, okay, just kidding. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and when and when and when Morpheus and Smith first like meet each other and introduced and says, "Uh, your name, Smith," and uh, Morpheus says, Y'all "You all look the same to me," which is actually true because like all the all the agents are very similar. Yeah. Uh, whereas the rest does have that diversity yeah
0: it's it's about conformity man like they they all disappear they don't have an identity and you know neo and the other ones choose a new name and they have an identity yeah it's definitely yeah the messaging is heavy with that
1: (laughs) yeah uh so yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) and 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 we as a culture too especially in the west you know it's like individuality is, like, such a big deal, I think, more so than in some other parts of the world, you know, it's not necessarily 100% part of their culture, like, in other places, it may be more about the the whole, you know, and not just the individual, but we're very, like, individualistic, so this really speaks to us on a lot of levels. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any other scenes, I, I mean, we kind of talked about it already, but I, I do think that that scene with Trinity, where you are mentioning, where she's it kind of opens with her doing all that running and then her, she gets in that um, phone booth and puts her hand against the wall and the truck comes at it. And there's just something so visually powerful about that moment, because I don't think we'd ever seen that before. Cause in our minds we're like, what could she possibly do to prevent being crushed by that, you know, by that truck. Yeah. And then that's when we learn about how they're pulled out of the matrix and stuff like that. I thought that was yeah. such a cool scene. And I really yeah. like the way she portrays Trinity. I think this was like her first big film, actually. Um, I don't think she'd done anything before this. I saw her in this and I, I really liked her in um, Memento. I thought she was good in that movie. Uh, you don't... S- I think oh, go she- ahead.
1: I, I, I'm just double checking that she's... Yep, yep. Do you remember the TV series um, Do South?
0: No, I don't.
1: Uh, it was a, it was a show about the Canadian Mountie who goes to Chicago to try and find his father's killer, and he ends up staying there and like, as like t- technically he's like he's like a guard that he's like a he's like a, he's like a guard he's like a front doorman at the Canadian consulate, but in his spare time he helps this Chicago detective solve crimes.
0: <laughs> I don't
1: remember this. You it? It, it was it was a really good show. It was um pa- Paul Gross was the star
0: on that. Okay, still not ringing well, she, bell, uh, uh,
1: But but I. Alright, well. You. <laughs> she she played a cat she played a recording character who was basically has um sort of um cat woman essentially uh, between the <laughs> very shows. fitting so, um,
0: oh okay okay uh, i have to check it out um i'm trying to think of any other scenes that i really liked um i liked you know this is where we in this movie is when we learn about the the glitch is when uh the yeah controllers change something um And I I liked that. I remember the first time I saw it, I'm like, yeah, we all know what deja vu feels like. And so that's just kind of like a cool interpretation of it.
1: Yeah. Um, Oh yeah. I I could talk about how it like messed up um, the, uh, what, what they actually do at the end of the interrogation scene. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. where it says, uh, We asked for a phone call, and he's like, Well, Mr. Anderson, what good is a phone call if you're unable to speak? And like, he's like, visibly seems to be trying to stop himself from laughing. <laughs> yeah. He's such a dick. And uh, Neo's, Neo's mouth just like it, it closes up uh, so he can't scream, and so he can then stick a tracking de- a weird spider device tracking device in his stomach. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, they, I kind of forget to... about that scene until I watch it again, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I forgot about this." <laughs> yeah, and then it turns uh, into then, a dream. Yeah, which
1: then they then have to like extract from quite forcibly. Uh, at yeah, one point.
0: Uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, wait, that actually happened. Like he kind of forgot yeah. about it because it was like a, he thought yeah. it was a dream.
1: Yeah, uh, but oh, there's also kind of another nice little bit of foreshadowing in that scene because when uh, he doesn't want to cooperate with uh, them doing that to him and like uh, switch says listen copper top which is like a reference to the fact that he's a he's a he's a loving battery but he doesn't realize it uh,
0: <laughs> i didn't even notice that
1: yeah well i, I didn't notice that because like I, I just heard this the expression and i was like what does that mean i looked it up and was like oh okay <laughs> um oh yeah the, the red and blue pill scene as well uh
0: yeah which is like immortalized now in meme form but yeah
1: <laughs> yes. a lot
0: of this movie is um I heard that the Wachowskis were like, I would have taken the blue one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Which pill would you take?
1: Uh, I suppose I would have taken... Took... Well, I suppose I would have been in trouble with the, with the agents anyway, so just logically I would have just taken the red one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um, I think that's it. Unless you have some thoughts you want to wrap up on the like any scenes or anything like that I think I feel like we covered everything
1: yeah, yeah. I just I just think yeah, like it's very a lot of it is very well thought out and there's like a lot there's like even mechanically there's a lot of like interesting things that could be tweaked and like played with like if it is a continuation because um, like I like the idea that because um, uh, like because like computer technology has advanced so much since since 1999 that right. you, have to, you have to imagine like how how different things so like for instance they have um if they're going to take stuff into the Matrix, they have to go through this, This like, what's it called? The, the Construct program, which is the big white room mm-hmm. with uh, the endless gun racks just zoning right right past them. Right. Um, and, like, they, uh, you, have to, you have to think, though, if they did that today, then they wouldn't have to necessarily do it that way. They could just have an
0: app on their phone that makes it come right to their hand. Right, like, also running to all those checkpoints, they probably wouldn't need... Yeah 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 well or
1: they, could, or they probably wouldn't be able to do because like where, where can you find a lot where can you find a payphone <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> true yeah you find a lot of like empty places where payphones used to be um but then again you know the, the whole thing is taking place in the 90s so i guess if you remade it now it could still take place in the 90s if you wanted yeah. to put that limitation yeah. on it kind of like the way a lot of movies that are you know horror or have other you know supernatural elements to them they'll they'll date the movie so that they're restricted by not being able to jump on their cell phone you know
1: yeah though i've also always wondered as well as is like is, is it per, is it perpetually 1989 in the matrix yeah good or... point like does, does it start it...
0: in the 70s or yeah it's like how, how do they decide to keep it in the 90s and is it in the 90s forever yeah that's a good point like why isn't do, anybody it... wondering why there's not more you know discoveries being made or more things changing <laughs>
1: Or, like, you can, you can imagine, like, different, like, sort of genres you could do within the Matrix. Like, you could do, like, what, what would, like, a Matrix uh, that was, like, set in, like, the Western area? Yeah.
0: A, a, like... No, I love that idea. Yeah, that would be cool. And, like,
1: and like the agents were willing to change that much because they'd just basically be, like, the Pinkertons. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, or, like, the Marshalls And, like, the, and like, the resistance would just be basically Outlaws and stuff.
0: Yeah, like. or could it be Feudal Japan or, yeah, yeah, it could be a lot of different yeah. settings. That's very true. Interesting to think about. Well, we've talked about this movie a lot, um, and I, I have a couple of questions for you to ask at the end here. Uh, yeah. What What keeps you coming back to this movie? Why do you think you've seen it so many times?
1: uh Well, I think just as well as of like all the obviously, like, it's like a very well made action movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool, cool characters and quotes. Uh, but I think also the fact that like uh, the themes we just talked about are very are ever relevant. They're all yes. still relevant today, which is why. Um the following itself is still relevant even if some of the terms of, like the style it can be a bit dated. Um but like what what the movie is about and what the movie's trying to say it still resonates today. And I think that's why
0: Yeah, I think it's become kind of a cool period piece in a way too, because like I keep saying, like it really encapsulates the way people felt at this time in nineteen ninety nine. Um, you know, musically, stylistically Um, and just what they were thinking and feeling politically. So it's kind of cool in that way. Um, And like you said, it's a very well-made action film because they took the time to choreograph these fights in a believable way and didn't just rely on the bullet time, which is cool and did change film going forward. But as you and I both know, it got overused. And so I feel like maybe people going back now might not, they might not be as impressed with those scenes as we were, but the rest of the movie is so good and it carries it so well that like it it's worth revisiting and um, uh, you know I personally if I'm honest that the second or the second and third one they weren't as strong to me I I was one of those people that was like oh, I feel like they said all they needed to say I think if I were a bigger fan I probably would have liked them a lot more but I think that this one has longevity I that the other two do not i think if you really really like this first one you should definitely check out the other two i'm not saying they're bad movies but this main one i think has the most rewatch value because it's on a smaller scale and it's very relatable like you said so i I think that's why i've seen it so many times
1: um Uh, also oh so yeah sorry uh, speak to that a little bit also is i think it was the fact that like you could just watch this movie and just assume that like the story's over because like, well, I did say that like the end scene is really good. sort of sequel setup. at the same time, you could also just easily imagine that, okay, well he can fly now. <laughs> it's over.
0: Right. <laughs> they, and he says, can't do anything to him. And, and also his little monologue at the end about like, yeah. I don't, I can't promise anything. I can't tell you what's going to happen, but it's time to wake up. Like, yeah, there's some finality yeah. to that. Like there's a whole, we yeah. don't know what it is. Yeah.
1: And the little visual aspect of the fact where you see the program run, but then it just crashes just 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 by him effortlessly causing it to, because mm-hmm. he has that level of control over things now. Yeah.
0: So, yeah. <laughs> right, right, exactly. So how, how do you pitch this movie to someone that hasn't seen it before? Someone that lives under a rock and has no idea what the Matrix is? What, what do you say to that person?
1: Ah, uh, this movie has it all. Uh, it's got great action. It's got very cool sci-fi concepts, uh, very memorable characters and quotes. Uh, and even a little bit of accessible philosophy and some subtle humor. So you yeah, know, like, oh, well, very well balanced movie uh, and like very iconic and uh, something that you'll remember for a long time.
0: I kind of think these John Wick movies could put pull this movie back into the forefront because I've heard people that were younger than me that saw this movie and they're like. Eh, because, you know, so many concepts and things in this movie have been explored after it in other films. And so to somebody younger, it may not seem like fresh and new because it's an older movie. Uh, But I feel like the value in like the practical fighting and in a lot of the effects, even though there is some CG in it, um, I think that that stands the test of time. And yeah, I mean, if you like sci-fi and action, like this was the original in a way in a lot of ways it changed film going forward so you should definitely check it out yeah well Stu, thanks so much uh for making this happen (laughs) Uh, thank you for having
1: me on again oh
0: of course yeah i know we we have you know we're in different time zones so it can be challenging scheduling sometimes but weekends make it a little bit easier uh yeah well Stu, where can people find you
1: uh they can't really right now because uh (laughs) Uh, uh, well nor- nor- until uh, late, late last year it was, it was uh, part of the uh, podcast network it was a podcast so there was a lot of, lot of which was focusing on professional wrestling um, but due to technical issues with uh, the server has been down for us uh, it hasn't really been resolved yet oh my gosh um, I'm so
0: sorry to hear that yeah
1: yeah, um, but I've, I kind of enjoy just having a little bit more a little, little, little ability just to watch these things and enjoy them a little bit uh, without having to really constantly think about it and analyze it so much uh, so <laughs> yeah so it makes makes blessing yeah um, but yeah uh, you know I, I am on Twitter sl at sl fricky sl r sl sorry at sl f-r-i-c-k-y and you know I'm part of your Facebook group of course yeah
0: and check out that Highlander episode guys that was a fun episode You know, go check that out. Sue, thank you so much, and uh, have a good one.
1: Uh, You too. Thanks for having me. Uh, Love this. Take care.